Barker. Whoa. <laughs> this is so out of my wheelhouse. Uh, this is episode two. It is May 10th. Uh, it is 8.30 p.m. on a Thursday night. It's not Thursday. And you, you're lying to the people. And we are here on a Tuesday night. We are talking about the queer spectra. My name's Chelsea and with me is Nate Kelly. Hi, hi. You might know him from Sobriety Diaries. Yes. And we're queer. We're queer. We're here. We're queer. We're queer-ish. We're, we're queer-ish. all sorts of things. What are we? It. You will find out by the end of this podcast. You I sure can guarantee will. you that. <laughs> guarantee yeah, I don't know you. about you, Nate, but it's getting hot in my basement <laughs> right now. <laughs> Speaking of your aunt, Sally, she might not want to hear this one either. Aunt Sally. How did you know <laughs> I have an aunt Sally? <laughs> Guess what song she requests at weddings? Lay down, Sally. Mustang Sally, but we will oh. also accept Lay Down Sally. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But it is Mustang Sally. Sally yeah, yeah. And then she gets up and it's a whole, <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing with <laughs> Sal. Big Sal. Sally. I love it. Oh my God. <sighs> you had a busy weekend. So how was the. I went, yeah, everything? I went to, uh, I went to a wedding, went to my cousin, my husband's cousin's wedding. We left Tommy with my dad and on the Cape, which is like an hour from where the wedding was. And that was like our first overnight without Tommy. Hmm. And did you sleep? Yeah, I did. Good. And I, I sleep with him there too, but it's like, it was a different kind of sleep. It was like, I really didn't wake up at all kind of sleep. That's amazing. Yeah. You needed it. It was really hard on the way back. Like when I woke up in the morning, uh, my husband was still sleeping in the hotel room. And I was just cleaning up the entire hotel room, like a psychopath and (laughs) was like in the car ready to go. And he was still brushing his teeth. And then we saw a fire truck and I started crying, like ugly cry. Like why? (laughs) Cause I, cause he loves fire. Cause he loves fire truck. And I was like, started going like 80 miles an hour. (laughs) Like you were picking up him up from a kidnappers, not your dad. With all the money in tow, all the ransom ransom in the back. Oh my God. What about your weekend? I had a bunch of podcast shit to do. I was behind on episodes. So I caught up on our part two that comes out tomorrow. And I'm nervous about that. Yeah. It's a good one though, right? So good. Yeah. I said nervous because you know what I found? The whole, the whole thing with me being on TikTok, everybody in my family and my closest friends, they love to like talk about it, repost, share everything all about Chelsea and helping her with her TikTok. This venture here with the podcast, with me, like revealing my life. Yeah. They don't know my closest friends and allies have not listened to it. And my mom got halfway through and stopped. Because too, too raw. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like trying to now regroup and think about who I'm telling the podcast about in my personal life. Yeah. Would I almost rather be successful in the podcast world in that world and not sharing it with, for the whole, for the family, for my family to like, there's lots of family members who have no idea about an eating disorder. Yeah. If I go and tell my aunt to go listen to that, she might like keel over. Let's put it this way. A lot of family members have listened to the podcast. My mom told me a list of them and none of them have reached out to me about it. Mm. 
Yeah, it is. It is for sure different. It's a different kind of content, clearly. That's what I did because I would rather put it out there for the people that relate to it and the people that it will make a difference for and the people that find us and like us and like our banter and our back and forth and the stories that we tell. And if some of those people are our family and best friends, amazing. But you know, there, there's something different too about watching a 30 second TikTok or a hour long podcast as well. So it's definitely a different audience, um, which is why it's challenging to promote and market it as well. But I think that, you know, us being our like authentic selves and just, you know, not holding back as much as we're comfortable with, then our audience will find us. Right. No, I agree. And I, because I know that's real because I do it in a different way. Yeah. Right. Like there's many people that do not find me funny, (laughs) but there's more people that find me funny. Right. And, and once they find each other, then you've created this like family and they're like, you can tell that the same people are talking to each other in the comment section every single day. It's like the same group of core people. So I do it for those people. Yeah. And so eventually I know in any venture that I do where I, you have to be a personality, like you, like you were successful in your podcast, just being yourself. Yeah. But I think I have a hard time. Like I'm going to, I will have a hard time adjusting to not having the support from my family. True. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Nobody, because I'm so used to that being my easy, my easy out because like not easy out my easy first push. So like when I first started doing a new trend or a new video, I could contact like 50 of my friends and family and be like, can you share like comment on my video? Yeah. Yeah. I can't do that with the podcast because I don't want some people to hear this. Right. I'm hoping that nobody finds part two in my family. <laughs> like I don't want them to know about the eating disorder. I, I got you. I, we don't have to publish it if you don't want me to. No, no, I, no. I will not be offended. No, it's amazing. Okay. It's so amazing. Are you kidding me? I know it the, is good. The end, the end, people need to hear that. People and, do. I agree. Yeah. No, it's it. Didn't it, I tell you after, after we got done recording and from the first time that we recorded, there's always that, there's always the ability to make it like to edit it together or not. And I'm not like manipulating your words in any way. It's still the story that you told, but the editing is such like such a huge part of, of the raw, of changing the raw content. I told you that I said the way you edited, it was amazing. And, and the, um, the, the part where I talked about the lack of God in my sobriety after hearing it, we were in the car and I was going, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and I was like saying it out loud, like, God, somebody understands what I'm saying. Like, it totally like didn't register that it was me. Yep. So, and my husband was saying like, that was really, really friggin' powerful. Like nobody has the balls to talk about this. It's true. <clears throat> I'm not going to lie. I didn't write anything down for this because if I did. Yeah. Don't. No, I don't. no. Because it won't come from. Yeah. The vibe that I got from last time when I wrote all this shit down yeah. for the dreamland. I'm like. You put it away in a heartbeat. I put it away because I can't. 
I think show notes for people are when they're actually giving real facts and not opinions because it didn't feel right scripting my opinion when my opinion can change like that. On a Tuesday night at 830. It could have been Thursday. It could have. It could have been Thursday. Could be. You know why? Yeah, I'm not wearing my glasses uh, and my phone says Tuesday. Yeah. And you could tell me it was Easter peepee. And I would believe you that that was a new day that they made up and told us this morning (laughs) because I am that exhausted. Oh my God. I found a couple quotes that I wrote down and that's it because they, I really related to them, but otherwise same deal. Of course, I want to tell my story or like shoot the shit and authentic way. So I'm totally with you. Am I supposed to have my puff, my puff ball? You don't need it. Nope. Oh, okay. When I was in theater, they didn't like me because it would hurt their ears. (laughs) Yep. I, uh, I feel their pain. Just kidding. You sound good. The mic sounds great. We should record Sunday at two. We should. We should see what we like better Tuesday night or Sunday at two. Okay. That's a great idea, actually. (laughs) Because I actually tend to be sharper during the day as well, because I get up super early. I'm thank you. Yeah. When you told me you were an early riser and I could text you at 630 in the morning, I had one tear fall slowly from my right eye. I know there aren't many of us, right? And then when you were like, oh, I love voice texting. I was like, I'm going (laughs) to fuck this guy's shit up. Fuck him up. What are you doing on your phone? Well, I'm going to, I was trying, I was going to make a story. Well, you got to wait till we're talking about something real good. Okay. Did we say what we were going to talk about? How do you want to kick it off? I can start with my little quote if you want. Sure. Let's do with that. Okay. So we're talking about the queer spectrum, the sexuality spectrum, One of the first things that uh, you told me about yourself (laughs) was that you had dated women for the majority of your adult life. So this was a topic like quickly uh, once we started talking about the podcast, but I was kind of just doing a little research, like where did this idea of the spectrum come from? And there was this article written by Amari Dua uh, on firstpost.com. And I just wanted to read a little excerpt um, because I just related to it so much. And as a little queer boy in small town, Ohio, growing up, it was just not something that was talked about. There were no you know, queer, uh, relatable people on television in the late 80s. There were no examples. So this article just really spoke to me. So Amari says, I was 12 when someone asked me for the first time if I was queer. It was 2000 and the world was learning new things. And apparently so was I. I remember going back home, opening the dictionary, flipping through the pages, hungry for a definition. And there it was on page 783, comfortably sandwiched between Queen's Truss and Quell. Strange, it screamed silently back. My smile faded, eccentric, peculiar, questionable, sick, unwell, bad, worthless, counterfeit. Definition after definition, the dictionary snickered and smirked, throwing words that were way too heavy for my 12-year-old brain. And then, as an afterthought, it coughed out, slang for homosexual. It was a slight yes, but did I ever identify? Strange, but yes. And for like the longest time, I felt just different and I wasn't sure what it was. Like I knew I was different from 
other boys in my class, but I didn't know what it was, I would say, probably until I was around 12. And I don't know really where Puberty. I learned. Yeah, what get, yeah, until like I started having sexual thoughts and stuff, but I don't really know where I take that back. I do. If I were like 10, 12, it would have been like 92, 93. This is like the dawn of Sally Jesse Raphael, Phil Donahue, like sleazy daytime TV. And I remember starting to see gay men on daytime television. So I was then able to relate to this idea of being gay. And it was terrifying, but relieving to, you know, in the same thought, I had been able to identify what this difference is in myself. So, I mean, really, you know, he talks about all of these, the, the negative connotation that the word queer is or was associated with for such a long time. And I'm just super excited that, you know, the queers, us queers, the queer community has sort of taken it back and it's not, um, you know, a slur anymore. And it's something we can be proud of. It is something we can be proud of. Roll tape on episode two of Unqualified Opinions with Chelsea and Nate, The Queer Spectrum. That happens a lot because of the ADD and you get me without my meds. They wear off at seven. Yes. So like you you. get the real me. If you Um, wanted a more sufficient me, call me at noon. Hi, everyone. We're so excited to launch our new podcast, Unqualified Opinions with Chelsea and Nate. We're taking a candid and hilarious look at our lives and the world around us and bringing you behind the scenes for it. Nothing is off limits, and we're covering topics like our dreams and what they mean, the queer spectrum, relationships, and are we meant to be alone? Uh, am I meant to be alone? You're fucking 40, so calm down. (laughs) Make sure you subscribe now wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss the launch or any new episodes every single Friday. Also, follow us on Instagram at Unqualified Opinions Official for updates and a behind the scenes look at the show. You can also send us a voice message and we'll give you our unqualified opinions on whatever topic you need. See you May 27th. See you May 27th. Nate will be 40. This is going to be a great conversation. You probably have a lot more to say than I do, oh. but I just feel sometimes I feel like I don't fit in for, for in this community. Yeah. Because it's privilege is what it is. Honestly, I'm not ashamed to say that. It's not a shameful thing, but that's what it is. And I'm sure many women have the same feeling because mm. so I had a gay uncle. I live in a very liberal area then like the part where you couldn't do anything about it for a really, really long time. I don't, that's not what happened to me. Yeah. And so I have this ignorance about it that is unfortunate. Um, It's not unfortunate. It's just, it feels unfair that a lot of people have to go through um, the dangers of being gay or queer. It's so dangerous. It still is very dangerous. And um, I never had to deal with that. And so I feel sometimes like when there's pride, pride week or pride parades or whatever, I feel like I don't belong marching because I never suffered for this. 
um, I understand that like I have to like march for the people who have yeah. or had to or lost their lives. And it, it almost feels like guilt or something. Yeah. Um, I was just like so comfortable with my sexuality as a kid. I never gave myself a definition. I never said it out loud because I literally can remember thinking that every single person was this way. Mm. Literally. I literally thought, I remember I was in second grade and I was trying to like get my friend at the time. This is way before puberty, but I had my, my best friend. I was like trying to like get her to play like house Romeo and Juliet, like kids yeah. do. Yeah. But I didn't think that we had to be male or female. Mm. Like we could both be girls and still play house. Like I, I just did not care. I had crushes on only the women in my life, like teachers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, girls, my age. And then in high school, I think just like the banter of like your parents, um, do you like, cause you sexualize children by accident. So yeah, like, Oh, right. you're such a girl. You're going to get all the boys to this yeah, and that. And right. I think enough of that kind of morphed me into something I wasn't. And I didn't realize it until high school. And then in high school, I was extremely, extremely sad of, and jealous of lesbian couple in my school. Like I so wanted to just yes. be them. I was so jealous so they were I'm like so a jealous. Com- completely out couple in high there school. There was gay. Uh, my high school, um, what do you call him? Class president was gay. Jealous. I mean, it was just like he was the most popular boy in school and he was a fl- flaming, flaming, flaming gay. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're just like, and of course, there were children who were, you know, with the church and were against LGBT community. And that had just became a thing when I was in high school, that, that phrase. Yeah. And uh, gay marriage and all of that. And so I just, I never had to deal with the scrutiny because I never questioned it. Yeah. My sexuality until I was somehow subconsciously morphed into being a straight girl. Yeah. And then, um, so it just was deep inside me, but it it wasn't like terrifying. If I was to decide to like be that lesbian couple and like be out with a woman, I wasn't terrified. I was proud. Yeah. I, I was like, I'm, if I ever get the cards to come out one day, I'll be proud. I will. I was like, there was like no ounce of like, oh, will my family still love me? Will I get killed? Will I get murdered? Like, will I get stalked? Will people follow mm. me home? You know, like none of that. Never once did I fear any, anything. And and it, it's, it's diff, It's just what it is. Do you think that that, you know, your, your uncle factored into that because your family, understood Absolutely. it. Yeah. And, and, you know, they, there was exposure to, to your family and, you know, at a young Literally age, you understood him zero. that. Yeah. Z- they treated him zero different. Love that. No gay jokes. Like, and if they were, they went over my head and he has a great, great sense of humor. So I'm sure if they did, he laughed or to put them in their, his, in their place. Cause yeah. he also can do that too. Even better. And because I had an uncle that was gay. I also don't think that I put like gay people into a category. Mm. So like, you know how somebody's like, oh my God, that person's definitely gay. Like, yeah. What does that mean? Right. I hate that because like, how would you, you wouldn't know. Like, yeah. what does that even mean? What do you well, mean? I mean, there are, let's be real. I oh, mean, I understand. I know. But for me are, at that young age, I'm like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. When, when you are looking up at other adults, I don't think it's as as obvious. I will say though, when I 
became more comfortable with myself and, you know, I can be flamboyant at times and certainly have a feminine side, small children would frighten me because they would always ask me like if I was gay and I wasn't out at the time. So I would like distance myself from all children because I just knew that question was coming and I didn't want to address it. So see, that's the thing that I'm talking about was such a difference. It is. We can identify in the same exact group of people, right? Yeah. This community, but we have completely different, complete night and day, night and day experiences, night and day. For sure. And I really, I mean, I really can't talk about that experience and coming to terms with myself really without my addiction, just because, you know, it's, they go hand in hand with some things because I went through a a period of like internalized homophobia as well. I hated Mm. who I was, you know, that coupled with this idea that you know, going back to that, that quote or that article that I read this difference or this negative connotation, you know, I wanted to stuff it down. And I thought for a long time, I would never tell a soul. So in high school, that's, that's really the reason that I started drinking was to, to start to kill those feelings and, and to try to have a glimpse or, um, a small sense of normalcy. And I hate to say I hate to say that like alcohol probably saved my life, but it did for, for a portion of time until it stopped working and then fucking stabbed me in the back and almost killed me. But yeah, I think internalized homophobia is, is more common than one would think. And I think that, you know, the suicide rates and the addiction rates in the queer community are just astronomical and so sad. So everyone has their own story to tell. And I think they're each special. The, one of the most shocking things that somebody has had the balls to say to me, the audacity, the audacity to say to me, and I have had, had this more than one time. Do you think that your alcoholism was like, like that was why you were like with women just because oh, you were like wasted. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that is coming from a person who is, straighter than straight. And like these people don't understand as much as you love rubbing your face and all the balls in the cock, (laughs) do that to a vagina and tell me that just because you're drunk is why you like it. (laughs) It takes a lot more than alcohol to want to put your face between someone's legs. Yeah. You have to really like that shit. Why would you do that for hours on end? (laughs) Just because you're drunk? No. The audacity. Um, do, do you really think that you were a lesbian or do you, do you just think that it was just like your journey with alcohol? And do you uh, think that maybe being drunk was like a way for you to like be with the pussy? Or do you think you really like it? Do you think that if you got because you married a man now and you're sober, do you think you'll be straight forever? Who the fuck said I'm straight because I married a man? She queer, everybody. It's just like. That's the thing is I don't care. What a weird question. How are we still doing this? How are you still asking these questions to strangers? How, 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 how? And how is it shameful for me to tell you the truth about me? That's why I'm so ignorant because I didn't have to deal with how the repercussion of it. I mean, I did. I'm not, I mean, like, 
I'd be lying if I told you I didn't have some scary nights. I went through a whole thing when I first thought that I came out, right? I, I, first of all, I'm a demisexual. That's how I identify myself. What, what, go ahead. What uh, do you want to tell us what that is? Because, well, yeah, because, because why? Because as a queer individual who is realizing I am still naive, uh, in some aspects, I did not know what it was until you told me. So no, I didn't, I didn't until a couple months ago Yeah, because I never defined it. Like I told you as a kid, I never defined it, mm-hmm. but I am attracted to both men and women and all gender. If you're out there listening to this podcast and you've had a one night stand with me, you cannot look me in the eyes through this podcast and tell me that I had fun because you know, I did not, <laughs> I cannot do it. Yeah. I've had people walk out of the room. Yeah. During. During. And they, and I've had people go, you're not into this. And I go, I know. I'm so, so, so sorry. Pick up my things and leave. Okay. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. So I, I, at one time I just stopped at one age, a certain age. I just stopped. That reminds me of a amazing story. I've had sex with exactly one female in my life. I had a girlfriend at senior year of high school and the same thing happened to me. We were like mid penetration. And I was stop just like, saying that word. Oh my God. I can't. I'm like a little kid with that word. I was like, I can't do this. I feel like I'm in like health class. We had penetration. <laughs> just say penetration. Mid penetration. We were mid penetration. And Woo! I mean, we had been dating and like having sex for like months at this point. But it oh, just, wow. but yeah. And it just got to the point where it was like, of course, you know, I wanted to have sex with somebody. God, right? <laughs> and after like a, several times, it was just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. and that happened. And that was the last time we did it. <laughs> did she say that to you? Like, you're not into this? Well, I said it first and she was like, I can tell. Yeah, well, but that's because you were gay as you've ever gay and been gay. Gay, gay. as anyone's ever gayed before, but so super still gay. one of my best friends. That's really sweet that she's 25 your years later. Yeah. 25 years later, because you're old as fuck. Fuck yeah. Still in my 30s. Bruh. That was the last time you ever been with a woman? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is wrong oh my with God. you? I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that lady is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God to the stories. Yeah. I'm not saying that it wasn't ever dangerous to be me. Yeah. Or that it currently is. Okay. Let's talk about that for a second. Please. I don't look, do you think I look like a lesbian? Because at the time I, I identified that way. Mm -hmm. I do not think you look like a lesbian. When I came out. Yeah. I thought that I had to, and I had one of the meanest things ever said to me by an ex um, was that I was like a chameleon and that anybody that I date, I morph into them, yeah. which by the way, compliment, that's a yeah. fucking compliment. If you ever, if I ever heard one in my life, that's a compliment. Yeah. So thank you. That's nice. I, I would think, I mean, like I understand people want their own style and all of that stuff, but like coming from a person who was clearly only being dating people who they were already deeply madly in love with, with this friendship. You obviously put these people on a pedestal. I've obviously had this like obsession or this crush for a very, very long time. Of course, there's going to be ways that a person would like chameleon themselves to find, to make them seem more attracted to me. Yeah. 
That's natural for a That's, person to do that, especially a 21 year old. Demisexual. Duh. Yeah. Demi, demi, demi sexual. Of course it would be. So I'm not ashamed of that, but that really hurt my feelings a long time ago. I just want to put that out there for one last time. I look like this. The, I'm not the girliest woman, but when I go out, I like to wear makeup and I like to wear my little skimpy outfits, whatever. And sometimes I like to look like this when I go out. I, I'm. This is how I've always been. My bestie Kelsey called you gorgeous when I sent her. Well, excuse me. Yeah. I, I could wear a baseball cap and two braids and swishy pants that pull away as a kid. Or I could be in a mini skirt with like a tank top and like makeup on. I was like the definition of a chameleon. I've always been that way. Yeah. Going out with your girlfriend looking like this attracts men to say whatever the fuck they want to you because now you're this sex thing that they've seen on porn. They see two beautiful women together holding hands or kissing, having drinks. They cannot understand. Some people just cannot understand how you really are not just doing this for the sex and that there's a connection, there's love, there's a whole deep, deep, yeah. deep routed relationship, rooted relationship. There's an actual relationship going on. That's not possible for some people to understand. And so with that comes a lot of really mean things. Like people will come up to me with my girlfriend or say things like, do you want me to come back with you to your place and record this for you? Do you need somebody to help you? Are you sure you guys haven't had the right dick? Can I come be your one dick? Are you star gold star lesbians or can I be your first dick tonight? You're both so beautiful. How could you possibly be together? You're both so gorgeous. You're such a waste. So, yes, I've had all of those things said to me repeatedly for many, 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 many years. All of them happened at a bar stool. Not one of them happened anywhere besides a bar stool. And I'll tell you that. Tell you that one more time. Never did that happen to me at a grocery store or on an airplane or, you know, at the beach, other places where you're out when it's obvious. Um, but it's always it's always at a bar stool. So the people are there and I have had like my fair of like rough nights where I've been really upset because I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm kind of like a like a chihuahua or a Yorkie where you look at them and you're like, that's a cute dog. But if I pet it, I'll probably die. Yeah. And that's my face. Got so um, in the public, especially when I was drinking. So um, I've gotten I've gotten in a lot of trouble when people have said things like that. That's why I'm saying the privilege is there. And that's why I'm saying I feel like I can't even begin to try to understand what you've been through, because that would be a disservice to your experience. So I instead I just kind of identify in the community over here, like. I just don't want to be just because that's my experience though. I don't think it should, um, lessen yours either. I mean, listen, you've, that is, you've been through shit as well. I mean, there's always, there's always this level of discrimination in the queer community and we've made leaps and bounds, but will it ever, will it ever be equal. I don't I know. I believe it will. I hope it will. I really I hope that it will. will. I believe that history will repeat itself and everybody will have girlfriends and boyfriends and everybody will just be having sex in their front lawn. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for that. 
it's like ancient Rome. Sign me up. But then in we the have baths. to. We also have to poop in the alley, though. No, we'll have toilets. Actually, okay. by then they'll just come to your house once a month and suck the shit out with this like tube. Okay, good. Oh, you like don't that. even have to look at it, and you can like be on your iPhone iPhone while you're, they're doing it. It's not a big deal. TikTok Perfect. will be inside your eyelids. It's gonna be great. Oh, I love that. I love that. No, but yes, I, I understand what you're saying. So I'm glad we're having the conversation because I've never had the conversation with somebody in the community. I've never had this conversation with a, that with a gay man. Yeah. Um, because of my fear of sounding ignorant, I don't know how to say it the right way without sounding like insensitive because it's coming from a place of just like inexperience. That's what it and and like fear and like sadness for something for something that didn't happen. How many long-term relationships were you in with women? Two. I really, 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 really like the microphone. I know. I can tell. (laughs) Um, Like more than anything in my whole life. Yeah. Like this, I've been waiting for this moment. Yeah. For a very long time, Nathan. Are you going to start doing ASMR lives every night? I cannot stand. Oh my God. The worst, right? ever seen my joke video about it oh uh, have i you gotta scroll back to the lynn playlist and go find the one where she does it oh i She's think i have so it. super loud she doesn't understand yeah. and she doesn't know how to say it she calls it asqr asbr she doesn't know what she's saying um love it. anyway i've been with two two women and they were both long-term ish the first one was like really heartbreaking yeah were they alcohol fueled and not yes. in the way that other people have asked you that question? It's such a rude question. I'm asking as being in a loving relationship with someone you are committed to and spending your life with, was it semi-toxic and fueled by alcohol? Not yeah. do you like yes. pussy because you were drunk? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Alcohol driven. Yeah. That was a common... uh the biggest common denominator. Yeah. Same. I've only been in two long-term relationships in my entire life. The, the My current relationship is the longest relationship I've ever been in. Do you like like a really, really like, like manly man? Yeah. I like my men to have scars. Yes. My husband has scars on his face. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie Venom. Do I? I don't think I do. No. <sighs> Who's in it? That actor is like my guilty pleasure. Yeah. Let me get his name for you. No, I don't know Venom. And yes, I do like a manly man, but also that's going to be the most manly gay man. Really? <laughs> you, so, don't, you don't say. Wait. Oh, Tom Hardy. Oh, Tom Hardy. Yeah. So he, you need to have like a jaw that looks a little off, a nose that looks like it got punched couple times. You know who my um, celebrity crush has been for a long time? Mm. Although he's starting to really annoy me. Andy Cohen. Like silver daddy. Is it the dark, dark, dark eyes? In the suit. Yeah. His crooked eye. He's like a little, he's mask, you know. So like if, if you look really quick, you'd think that was my husband anyway. I've only seen grainy eight millimeter footage of your husband. <laughs> Rainy. He looks He's hot. really good looking. I have, I have a whole. It's just that's what I'm saying. I don't have a type because of my sexuality. 
someone's like, what's your type? I'm I like, don't, I don't, really I don't have a type know, either. but if I had to choose, if I go, somebody's asked me, what's your type? I'm like, if I had to tell you what kind of man that I am most attracted to, I guess I'd have to say my husband who looks like, if you need a reference to a celebrity, this guy, Venom, Tom Hardy, dude, Tom Hardy. Yeah. I just forgot his name. Um, but in reality though, if you line up, okay. Line them up. People that I've dated, all the men and women, boys and girls, because we'll talk about a little like before, before little Chelsea. I was 21. Yeah. You line them all up. It looks like a fucking greeting card for we are the world. I love that. Same here, actually. So I don't have a type. My type is, do you love me unconditionally? Have yes. we been friends for six years? Yes. I, that's not a requirement for me, obvi. But my type is a genuine, kind person who adores me. That's my fucking type. Yeah. You can be black, white, purple, yellow, red, green, or blue. I didn't hear pink. Can't be pink. Shit. Kidding. You can't be. I know. Every every sixth Tuesday, I turn pink. Oh. So we wouldn't work. We're done. This is done. Every sixth, sixth Tuesday. We're signing off here, people. I got asked something the other day from somebody, one of my friends um, who I haven't talked to in a really, really long time. We were catching up. And um, she was asking me about being married. And um, if I think about other people. Yeah. Um, like, who's your crush? Who's this? Who's that? Like, do you ever think about an ex-girlfriend or boyfriend? Like your poker and, face. Right. I forget how we got on the topic. Oh, like a backup plan or something like that. Yeah. And I was like. I am so embarrassed to answer this. And they were like, what, what, what? And I said, absolutely not. I, I am it. a freak. I feel like a freak. Every person I know, especially married people, have like that like person they think about or sometimes it pops in their mind or like, oh, that person's really, really good looking. Or like, yeah. can you believe so-and-so's husband? Do you see how gorgeous he is? Do you, can you see so-and-so's wife? Can she fucking gorgeous? Yeah. And I'm just like, I literally don't see it. I cannot see it. I don't see it. I don't care. I What I think about when I need to think about think, right. things, yes. I think of my husband. That's so cute. And when I have dreams about things, yeah. I dream about my husband. It's your husband. And when, I, and when I want to think about something sexual, I think yeah. about my husband. I, and it's like, is there something wrong with me? But that makes total sense for how I yes. just told you in the beginning of this podcast with my with my sexuality. That's There's only room for one person that I could be intimate with. Even in my wildest dreams, nay, it's him. It's always him. Oh, literally. Him? Literally in your wildest dreams. Damn it's it. You. It's you. It's always been you. God. Jesus. Uh, God, I can't even have my dreams. Yes. The man's everywhere. And no, I don't think, I don't wander. I don't look at people's butts or boobs or penis bulges. I'm staring at my husband's face. So cute. It's so gross and weird. I feel like a freak. <clears throat> Isn't it like natural and normal to like look outside the lines? Yeah. Color outside. Color outside the lines. Live a little. We should get you a bumble account and make it a little bit uh, easier so much work i can't commit you know how many times i've downloaded and deleted and ghosted 
people, it's so much work. Have you ever online dated? Once. It is a full-time fucking job. I went on the first date that somebody answered and I had a great time. Okay. We dated for like a week. All right. I would take that at this point. It was a lot of fun too. It was fun. Was but it a, a lady or a gentleman? Woman. A lady. A woman. <laughs> I was really, 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 really at the point where I didn't want. So at the time when I first came back to uh, live with my mom, I was 21 at the time. I thought that the way I had been living my life. So I was so confused about my sexuality, like honestly, until I had my son a couple of years ago. But um, at the time I had thought that I was serially dating my friends because I didn't want to be alone. Yeah. That wasn't it. Um, there was like a mutual thing between the woman I had just dated. She also like wanted to be with me. She was my friend first. And then the man before her, same deal. We were friends first and he wanted to be with me. And so we got together. And then um, I had thought that since those two things happened back to back, that I really needed to pump the brakes and not date someone who I had been friends with and just kind of go on a date, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I did, I tried to do this dating thing and I went on the first date I went to and I deleted the app because I thought she was the one because I was like, I couldn't even do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. And like, and it wasn't, and I had to do the same thing you just said. I had to like disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I can be with somebody I wasn't friends with. It was so hard for me to go against like my own natural order. Yeah. And, um, I think that's when I realized that it wasn't about I think that is kind of when I realized that it wasn't about gender because I thought that any old girl at that time, I identified as a lesbian. So I thought any girl will get it on for me. And then it was her and then another one and then another one. I was like, okay, this is not, it's not women. So yeah. what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Because the first time I ever had been with a woman, I was like, this is what sex is. Okay. Thank you. I Thank am a you. lesbian. Thank, Thank God you. I figured it out. Found it. And then I had other that I was with other women and I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm broken. I'm broken. And then my husband. And then all of a sudden I didn't want to be identified as a woman, straight woman married to a man. I was kind of like proud of that. I was actually kind of proud of it. I figured yeah. it out. I finally had figured it out like five years into being with my husband. I'm like, wait a minute. Go, because somebody's like, oh, what happens if your husband dies? Are you going to like be with women mm. again? I'm like, I don't know, because I'd yeah. have to. It, I, it's right. not about gender. Asshole. I don't get it. People Can do you pass not me the carrots. Right. Why are we having this conversation at Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I don't know if I would be with a woman or a man. And I hope that I would be happy. That's what I would hope. Yeah. That's the goal. Find happiness after losing your soulmate. Good the fuck luck. Right. Ugh. Who even asks that? Yeah, you're going to you want to make me think about me not being with the love of my life at 12 o'clock on a Wednesday. Why? Yeah. Why are you asking me this? But we will find you. We'll find you someone. OK, people find their person when they're around me. Oh, that's good to know. So how would you summarize our conversation or I really enjoyed this? Did I you did. Enjoy too. It? Oh, my God. I loved it. But if someone's listening and struggling with their identity or thinking that they're alone or they're a freak, what would you say to them? I would say that it is impossible to not find your groove or your setting in, or your place in a community that has literally nothing to do with 
anybody but yourself and your true happiness. And if you are looking to identify yourself and you're confused about it, stop trying to identify yourself because it it comes to you. It came to me over time. Just because everybody identifies a certain way and they're so beautifully comfortable in a certain word that makes them feel safe and grounded doesn't mean that that's everybody's story because it is not mine. And if I exist, more people like me exist. And you can find comfort in knowing that it it, it shouldn't matter how we identify ourselves. What it matters is you stay true to what is you. What do you feel? What? How do you want to be perceived? How do you want to love? How do you want to be loved? That's what matters. Because like, like I told you before, I didn't even know there was a word for it until I was 33, yeah. 32. And I was living beautifully fine and happy without being defined. And I'm... I could give it a definition or I couldn't, but what I know is it's Chelsea. And that's, I need to make sure I'm in a space where I can openly be myself. That's my job because I know I'm not the normal. So I, it's my job to pick myself up, put myself around people who will accept for me for who I am, love me for who I am, let myself be free as much as they're free and accept them in the same way, give the same respect back. It, I need to keep myself safe. Um, I love that. Yeah. It's not, it's not black and white. what I'm saying. There's a reason why there's 19 fucking letters. Exactly. I mean, right. And they add your own letter. Keep you adding do whatever them you want each day. And I do think whatever you need to do. Yeah. Beautifully said. I think I would just add to that. Yeah. Like sort of how you were saying it will come to you. You will find your people. If you stay true to yourself and put out into the world what you want to receive back, you will find your people. You will find your group. You can be yourself and it does get better. It gets better. It gets easier. It gets more beautiful. It gets all of those things, but hang in there because it gets better. Oh my gosh, it gets so much better. And you'll feel this connection to yourself as a child. And it is strange and comforting to know that that person is finally thinking out loud. I think about that all the time. I'm like, I get to say the things I thought when I was a kid out loud yeah. now. And that's a wrap on episode two of Unqualified Opinions with Chelsea and Nate. I had a countdown on my calendar, okay? Senior year of high school of when I was leaving for college because I was like, I can have a boyfriend. Oh my God, in, in college. 14 days. I can have a boyfriend in three days. Core memory unlocked. <laughs>